Hello again all you sexy beasts and welcome once again to this episode of Indecent Sexposure. Hosted once again by none other than Medusa dominating from a place in time that we call the underworld. This episode is dedicated to the femdom lifestyle and I want to take you on a trippy yet educational and fun ride to the kinky BDSM lifestyle of what you all have been waiting for and several of you have been more than curious about. BDSM and femdom domination. First of all, I want to give a shout out to all of the listeners from all over and taking a look more in depth of where we're actually broadcasting to. Everyone on the Anchor platform, thank you. Those of you on the Stitcher platform, thank you. Those of you on Google Podcast, thank you. And of course, those of you on the Apple Podcast. Uh, the geographic locations, I want to give the biggest shout out to 71% of our audience right now going out to those in the U.S. Uh, those of you that are scattered out throughout the world, shout out to those of you tuning in from France, Canada, Germany, Australia, the UK, and Sweden. Uh, this is really and truly having a bigger global impact than what I initially even thought about, so thank all of you. Uh, chiming in now from Ireland, India, Austria, the Bahamas, the Solomon Islands, Finland, Denmark, the Netherlands, Italy, South Africa, Costa Rica, Saudi Arabia, What's up, Philippines, Romania, Niger, Egypt, Norway, Greece, Portugal, Belgium, and Israel. I had to give all of you guys a shout out, so thank you so much for supporting the podcast. This would not happen if it wasn't for you. I also want to let you guys know that listener support is now available, so in order to keep this thing rolling, you'll now be able to donate to the podcast to keep everything going. There will be gifts available and a store coming soon that is going to be sexually lifestyle friendly and 420 friendly for those of you that want to explore the realm of how cannabis can help enhance and increase your sexual proclivities. Cannabis and anything along the 420 friendly lifestyle, guys, just a word to take this into account, is going to become the new oyster as far as what it will take to increase your libidos and heighten your senses and your sexualities when it comes to how you want to experience and explore. I told you guys more than once before, I am a true hedonist and the things that bring me seek them out with reckless abandon. I encourage you to do the same. So in order to help me keep this thing going, guys, please take a look at the listener support platform send a donation of however much or however little as you can and we will gladly make sure that that gets turned over to supporting the podcast and keep it moving also available now for you guys are our voicemail system so please any of your questions or comments respectfully so that you want to have addressed on future podcasts either in the kinky more dominant world hosted by medusa or the more sexual, softer, lifestyle, swinger, casually open, free of Mama Bear, that dual purpose of my 
personality is available to you guys both. Please leave a voicemail on what you have questions or concerns about. If not, hit me up on Twitter if you want to leave it publicly for all to see there or send me a DM. I am underscore Mama Bear on Twitter. Either way, I'll make sure that I address your concerns and I'll make sure that they can either be um, revisited from a previous podcast, whatever you've listened to, or any concerns that you have about something going forward that we haven't covered yet. Either way, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Indecent Exposure. Now, on with the regularly scheduled program. <laughs> We're going to take this time to move down memory lane of something that I have personally um, delved into within the past seven or eight years. I've been an open advocate of swinging for the past 15 years and... Femdom has become more of a segue, I'll put it that way, or leveraging my experiences from the swinging community um, to move more into the BDSM community. And I want to take this time to make sure that this is going to be a responsible podcast so I can give you guys your information up front and in a respectful manner so that we can remove all of the toxic, negative, predatory hurtful, harmful, just negative connotations that have been around anything regarding, you know, your sexual outlets in life. For me, I begin to segue as an answer to the demand that I had from what was potential subs when they wanted to explore a little, something a little bit more um, dark and not in a bad way but it was just something that's a little bit more engaging a little bit more um hardcore than what they had been experiencing sexually and anyone would want to challenge themselves um once you really and truly get your feet wet and something you're eventually going to start to challenge yourself to go from the two foot three foot four inch four foot part of the swimming pool to eventually being able to be a better, more sophisticated swimmer, and now you can t- conquer that eight-foot end of the swimming pool, so to speak. Um, so that is how I pretty much kind of um, segued myself into uh, the kink part of the lifestyle with BDSM. I want to make sure that you guys are understanding uh, also why and how, because this comes up a lot, why people seek out um what is truly the two parts of a bdsm and that would be the pain and pleasure sector um, of the lifestyle you're entering it for something painful or something pleasurable and at the end of the day most people are going to walk away with the pleasure sector with that being said how does it actually happen in the brain Pain and pleasure are activated in the same part of the brain. Let's get that out of the way. They both have the ability to release a chemical throughout the body called dopamine. This dopamine, which in its connotation, D-O-P-A-M-I-N-E, actually is what gives people that explicit pleasure. When people are excessively involved in it and they don't have a good handle on it, they're not in control of it, this is what becomes addictive. 
the body releases a chemical when you when it gets the pain sensories activated it releases the dopamine when the pleasure sensories in the brain are activated it releases dopamine very similar to a person who takes a shot of heroin or snorts cocaine you can become addicted to those drugs because dopamine is also released and activated in the body once you've in, introduced the body or introduced the drug into the body. Um, you receive that euphoric type high, the same as a, a person releasing oxytocin once they've re released it through an orgasm. But the feel-good component throughout the body is actually released through dopamine and it's activated for whatever way you're going to introduce the pain or the pleasure. Which, in essence, is why and how people can become addicted to certain drugs or addicted to certain circumstances. Say, abusive-type relationships, emotionally, physically, financially. Um, you can become addicted through that abuse because once the body is no longer being abused it then settles itself back down to its what we call your center and in that center the body is relaxed and free of stress and the dopamine is also then released at that point so people who are not cognizant or not aware of what is happening to the body and the sensibilities this is why you see people well-meaning people, beautiful people, uh, loving people that are in very toxic and abusive relationships and they stay in that because they don't really have an understanding of what's happening to the body and the brain. Once you become aware of it, however, that is why aware, intelligent, socially, uh, emotionally intelligent people um, are interacting in kink and fetish type communities because they know themselves they know what they need they know what they want and they're going to go out and seek it out in the areas in which will bring that pain and pleasure sensibility so they can receive their gratification with that being said guys there's several components that we can visit in dominance and submission. A femdom, F-E-M-D-O-M, is a female dominant. And we typically have uh, four key components. Female dominance or female submission and male dominance and male submission. With that being said, there is somewhat of an inner conflict uh, and the surrender that is connected to the dominance and submission and it's been an enduring subset of humanity throughout our culture and civilization from the beginning of time and human sexuality however it is broadened to include mutual exploration of the roles which involves um the heightened sense of emotions and activities that would be otherwise very difficult or impossible to act out without a willing partner who is going to take any one of the opposing roles. If you have a dominant, you have to have a submissive. A submissive has to have a dominant in order for those roles to be played out and for the, the, the heights and pleasures of the gratification to be sought out. Um, let me talk more about females' roles in this, however, because I really thought that the data is telling on where we are. I've always considered myself the tomboy growing up as a woman filled with probably a ratio of 8 out of 10 
men and my women for every uh, uh, every woman so for every eight males in my family there's maybe two women okay a 1985 study here shows that only about 30 percent of participants in bdsm activities are females another story in 1995 indicates that 89% however of heterosexual females who are active in the BDSM culture express a preference to take on the submissive or the subservient recipient role when it comes to BDSM kink fetish play or sexual bondage uh, males who preferred a dominant or the initiator role so in life in general, women are taught to be submissive and subservient. I've always thought myself to be the odd person out, especially being the tomboy, that whatever I saw my cousins and brothers doing in life, I was going to do it and do it better. No one was going to tell me that I couldn't do something or achieve something or be something or wear something or say something or drink something or drive something or go somewhere because I was a woman. So I did not realize that through those formative years, I was forming that part of my personality to be the dominant and more aggressive person. Not in a bad, negative way. I want to move that out. This is just about a person moving through life exceptionally confident in anything that I do. And I'm going to put forth the effort into planning and carrying it out. That has led me to being excessively confident almost arrogantly so and how I carried myself in my sexual life sexual lifestyle and those proclivities and now being very confident in being the dominant one when it comes to having an actual sub and what they would like to experience with me in that particular lifestyle if you're going to explore this part of your life women specifically and anyone that's going to be in a dominant or the submissive role you've got to make sure that you're going to carry it out in the most responsible way possible for those of you who are familiar with the 50 shades of gray trilogy the books or the movies i myself took the cheat way out and read the cliff notes and the wikipedia versions of the books and then of course i saw all of the movies very lightweight in my terms of what we actually do and how we get down with regards to um the scenes that were actually carried out in the movie however the the scenes of the dungeon was beautiful so ex ex take that that someone had a personal bedroom dedicated to that and imagine an entire playground or an entire resort an entire club dedicated to just that so it gave you peeks here and there into what the kink and fetish and bdsm background is all about in the very first movie there was a scene where uh christian gray uh, the dominant and the sub anna actually uh began to explore what was going to happen and what was going to go down by signing a non-disclosure contract and in that contract they, they negotiated their terms you will do that in as a professional dom myself i am not but a professional dom in a professional dungeon you will do that that's a part of the culture and one of the membership uh qualifications you need to be able to have that type of communication with a potential partner regardless of what you do. So everyone can explore and respect appropriate boundaries. With that being said, you also need to be able to navigate through safe words. 
Safe words need to be non-sexually attached words. So you know when something means to stop, don't say no, 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 no. Because that could be your typical response to something feels so good. I don't want you to stop. No, don't stop. That type thing. So the word no is not a good word to mean no. Or no is not a good word to mean stop. You need to come up with explicit words that's going to mean an explicit definition between you and your partner and you and your partner need to practice those words and responses to those words before you get started for me i have a couple uh safe words uh elephant means to stop without a doubt elephant is stop whatever you're doing you stop right then and you return to a resting position or you're literally hands off drop the toys uh release the ropes uh, undo the handcuffs st- stop for me is elephant all of my partners practice these words if you want me to go faster okay faster means um cheetah and that is again uh, elevating these words and reminding in the brain once you're going to commit them to memory of what you see or hear or think when you hear certain words so if anyone sees a big huge beast of an elephant coming at you it's going to stop you in your tracks and that's why i chose the word for stop cheetah means faster it runs faster has a a, a lot of agility and speed so cheetah means go faster someone wants me to be more aggressive in the instance that i am spanking or paddling or doing any other type of clamping or using pins or what have you a kicking punching choking you want me to be more aggressive in what i am doing that safe word is beast mode okay so i have typically three elephant for stop cheetah for go faster beast mode for go harder so you and your partner are going to need to be creative on the words that you're going to use once you're involved in the lifestyle so that everyone is on the same page and you learn how to respect the physical and emotional boundaries without overstepping them. Because at this point, the person that is receiving the treatment, they're receiving the paddling, they're receiving the whatever, it's gratifying to them. To receive it to a certain degree as well as it is gratifying for you being the giver or the initiator of that you have got to always take their safety into account and how you're going to approach them or specifically cross or not cross that particular boundary so safe words are a must a safe word is used by the dominant as well as the submissive if they feel things have gone too far or are uncomfortable for the purpose of continuing so you got to always be respectful of where you are in relationship to one another when it comes to your your partner Uh, i want to make sure that i'm going to come across several other uh glossaries or terms that we visit once we're in the lifestyle and then we'll get into a couple of experiences that i've had personally myself there is a great excuse me there is a great glossary of terms for bdsm kink and culture on wikipedia so pull up wikipedia and then type in glossary of bdsm it will take you to a full bdsm glossary and people are currently adding to it all the time 
on what specifically goes down on certain terms or phrases that you'll hear about uh, in the particular culture. Uh, I want to just pick a few out right here while I'm scrolling through it. And uh, there is, for one, you're going to outline bondage and discipline play, which is the B and D in BDSM. There's the dominance and submission, which is the D and S. And then there is the sadists and masochists in S&M. So in total, you can say that the culture is B, D, D, S, S, M. And then break that down into where you are in your particular subset. Bondage and discipline play is a person who's going to be in the submissive role or the master or uh, I'm sorry, in the aggressor role as a master or mistress. You're going to be the person who does the binding or bondage. And this could be rope play. It could be handcuffs. It could be um, uh, collar and chain. It could be uh several things there's suspension bars st andrews crosses uh, catherine's will which i particularly love to be in myself as a way uh when i perform the role as a switch that's me going from the dom to being the sub um those are all fun particular things you'll find at any of your local dungeon rooms whatever city that you're in type in dungeon room in your area you'll get a full list uh, there should be something like a U.S. list of dungeon rooms and make sure that these dungeon rooms and play areas are legally binding areas. So as you go in as a day member, monthly member, weekly member, what have you, you're going to make sure you're there and you're in a protected safe space. A person that uh, engages in dominance and submission typically, which is what Miss Medusa does, uh, I am the dominant one. I issue commands, I issue um, humiliations, I issue degradations to a person who's going to be the submissive or the slave. Their job is to follow any direct order that I give them within reason and within what we have negotiated on our level of play. There's also the sadist and masochist, which is what I don't typically involve myself in, as the sadist is a person who enjoys inflicting pain, and the masochist is the person who enjoys receiving pain. That can happen on a physical or emotional level for the purpose of some type of sexual heightened sensibilities or gratification. All right? So that's kind of the uh, brunt of... Um, engagement when it comes to definitions with BDSM. In our glossary of terms here, I'm looking at a 24-7. That's you and a partner going to have a 24-7 relationship with some type of protocols that are in place at all times. I've never had a 24 relationship. I have had an on-call relationship with a sub before and he particularly uh, had to follow the directions to see if I were available and it was mostly online and through texting that he and I communicated and it was mama bear are you home that is what he had to text me and that would be the code or the certain speak that words that we would speak to one another to see if I was available and I was ready for play if I was at my traditional job, if I was out shopping, if I was with my girlfriends, if I was whatever. 
he had to ask for permission to see if I was available for play. And if I was not available at that time, then my response could be, I'm not available at that time. I'm not at home at that time. I will return around 7.30 p.m. and I'll be available. Something to give him a response on what my availability was. And as a dutiful sub, he would have to comply with it. So again, I never had a 24-7 relationship. I called it more of an on-call relationship. Uh, there's age play that I see a lot in several parties that I've went through and to where um, people want to act out a daddy-daughter or mama-baby, daddy-baby type relationship. Um, these are not proclivities where people are trying to act out in sexual relationships or molesting type relationships. It's really a play on age. So an age where you will have an older man or an older woman being a sugar mommy or sugar daddy and a younger girl or guy being at least the older teenage younger person role. And I see this a lot in literally I went to a party where a sugar mama was there in an old granny wig and a shawl and the glasses and like a cane. She's doing the whole thing and she has her cub there. And he's in like a a high school football athlete type of a, a football play, complete with the football and shoulder pads and the jersey. And that is what they engaged in in that particular scene for age play. Um, younger women can be in the schoolgirl short skirt, kind of the Catholic girl short short skirts and things of that nature with the older man i think this was one scene where a guy was in a monk type of an, an outfit and the young school girl was there with the little short skirts butt cheeks showing uh high knee knocker socks uh open um girls uh, uh open chest or low cut um, to show the breasts and things of that nature all of this was done by consenting over the age 21 adults and again that's why it's called age play it's a play on age uh it can also go to the teacher student type relationship if people want to again play out these fantasies i've seen something on trending on facebook where there was a woman they were acting in her partner they were acting out a parent child relationship None of this was in equating this particular scene, equating in sex, but she would be in an adult diaper, um, young infant girl type of pigtails in her hair. She had a bottle, and they literally built her an appropriate uh, physically sized uh, crib for her to get in. And with the toys and Dolly and Teddy Bear, and this guy would come in, and he was the daddy. This was a married couple living together, and this was a part of their kink and their fetish, and I applauded them for putting it out on Front Street and running a, a nationwide ad on Facebook to bring awareness to it. So kudos to them. Those are the type of instances that you will be involved in with age play. <coughs> um, excuse me. Also, um, those who are going to want to be involved in something a little bit more torturous, something that's a little bit more painful, and again, knowing how the pain and pleasure both reside in the brain and they're released under the same circumstances or under the same areas in which the body is stressed. Um, there's CBT, cock and ball torture, which means the torture of the male genitals for sexual gratification. 
there's a favorite website of mine that I like to visit <clears throat> and I pointed my several subs in that direction if they're going to buy new toys and things and I always allow my subs or slaves to bring their own toys when we're going to act out scenes or go to a club or an event or party and play and this is that they know their own body best and it's best that they use the toys appropriate to what works best for their body extremerestraint.com has a great link for cock and ball torture penis gages, uh, gauges chastity belts things of that nature go and check that website out and you would get an eye-opening look into the world of what actually goes down when you're looking at certain bedroom bondage or penis play type items the counterpart to that will be breast torture this is where you're going to torture the female breast and females will get their breasts bound in ropes you're going to use nipple clamps you're going to use um electro play which are are literally electrical stimulating apparatuses that's very similar to a taser you're going to hit the breast or hit the nipple it gives it a little bit of a shock value you have electrotherapy type of play toys that are available out there as well and so that would be the equivalent to cock and ball torture would be breast torture for women moving along um edge play i personally had one sub that we've involved ourselves in edge play and this can happen on either end you're going to bring this person to the edge or to the cliff or to the brink of physical pain one or erotic pleasure two i've never engaged in the physical pain because i'm not an snm girl i am a bd girl so i have brought a partner to edge play pleasurably and this is where a partner would need to um, be handcuffed I would typically have a hood or muzzle or something on him so he couldn't see what I was going to pinch him with or slap him or use candle wax or use a heated spoon or in certain parts of the body if he were handcuffed he would have to be there in the instant that he would be receiving of those type of stimulations was the sole purpose of bringing him to the point that he was ready to start masturbation and again we would never engage in physical sex but he would um, be involved in those activities as the foreplay of that particular uh, scene and then I would unhandcuff him or unbound him take him out of any of the restraints that he would be in whatever that particular day was and then he would begin to masturbate he would masturbate to the point that he would be required to give me uh, a note or a code that he's coming and it would be I'm close to coming I'm coming mama bear what do you want me to do I would give him the command elephant to stop he could go no further you don't deserve to come in my presence you don't deserve to bust a nut who the fuck do you think you are I own your dick I own your nut and it's up to me to tell you when to come that would be some of the directions and directives that I would give that sub. And the most that we acted out something to that, we pushed it very close to maybe an hour at one point. And this was start and stopping the activity to see how well he could withstand or withhold actually ejaculation. And um, that would go on for the close to an hour so long as we'd done it at one time. And uh, in between activities, he would have to sit quietly on his knees in a corner, face the wall, um, 
bow down, lick my boots, whatever the case would be. And he would have to stop the actual masturbation and resume the submissive position. Once I felt that we were ready to get started again, I would have him remasturbate again to the point of ejaculation. And again, for us, that was edge play. Um, that can involve any other type of um, apparatus that you want to use, again, for sexual stimulation, body modification, tickling, torture, licking, uh, biting, other type things like that that would bring this person to the edge of where you were with regards to that particular play. So again, edge play is going to be on the pain sector. You're going to introduce some type of stimulation that will give this person a torturing type feeling for pain or pleasure. Have them involved in some type of physically stimulating orgasmic type of pleasurable thing to bring them to the point of ejaculation. And then you stop. You don't allow them to re actually fully receive the pain or fully receive the pleasure. That is edge play and that um, is really fun to do. Um, with that being said, uh, I have a personal bucket list that I want to act out and that is going to be fire play. Fire play is going to be anything that introduces heat up to the point of, yes, introducing actual fire in the role that you're playing. In Orlando, Florida, where I recently moved from, there was a dungeon there where they actually had an actual fire master. That was at the woodshed in Orlando, I believe on Milner Boulevard. Uh, Google it, check it out. If you're ever in the area, great place to go. I've only had the chance to be there once for just like a meet and greet and to kind of get an introduction to the fire master who was one of the partners um, of the club there as well and his fire play scenes were happening like once a month not very often fire play also includes cupping which is actually a method that's used in traditional uh chiropractor type work and some people are doing it in massage so i've seen people do heated stones um in fire play you heat them to the point of uh they're smoking hot and you're going to introduce them to different parts of the genital genitals or the breast or the vagina during sexual play but again not for the purpose of sexual intercourse just for the person for the purpose of sexual stimulation fire play can actually include um lighting uh an apparatus or cotton or a strip of paper or something that's been soaked in an accelerant and you apply that to different parts of the body and you literally light it on fire so take a fire breather and insert them into your traditional sexual bondage play and this is where you have a fire master that engages in fire play so that's something I've always been very curious about myself. I will put myself in a position of being a sub, being that I also identify as a switch. I will put myself in being a sub and have a very trusted relationship with a fire master for the purpose of allowing them to light some type of a torch or accelerant on my skin, next to my skin, to be able to create just this beautiful uh, blaze or spot areas on my body of fire um, and I am very interested in, in submitting to that and being a part of it as it would be highly stimulating for me and orgasmic as well 
Uh, there's different type of rope play you can involve yourself in and people are going to be literally you take classes and how to tie certain ropes and tie up your particular sub. The most prevalent and most prominent one will be um, a hog tie. Um, and again, if you're looking to go a step further, just Google rope play and see what you're going to come up with. Uh, hog tie, again, in that particular regards to BDSM play, is going to be how well you can tie that particular um, knot. Several other type of bondages and different things are available. There are people who can tie in a frog tie. There's um, over-the-arm ties. There's... Um, prayer restraints, prayer positions, rope harnesses, different type of techniques, spread eagles, um, strapados with a spreader bar, and I personally own a Velcro spreader bar, very, very, very popular thing that, that comes into play with my sub, um, they love it, which allows you to be in a spread eagle position, I like it that it's, um, Velcro because it's not as, um, restrictive as steel, um, spreader bars because in the instance that you want to move a person's legs they don't have the ability to do anything but to keep themselves spread eagle and with the velcro they just kind of open up and dip and undip and things of that nature with velcro so you have different things when it comes to rope play or tie play and hog tie frog tie different things of that nature is available there as well people who want to involve in golden showers and scat play i've given golden showers several times to people who requested it no big deal um and scat play i've been requested several times and i've always turned it down only because i just don't feel i have the stomach to participate in fecal matter and to get it on me near me play in it anything those that want to play in it and receive it so forth so on no judgment to you so the closest that i've come is i had a sub who was actually a active military personnel oddly enough and we would meet at uh, one of my favorite clubs in atlanta the loft located at 925 bowen street look up the excellent pictures online it is a great introduction into a small club not overwhelming or overpowering and get a chance to go by the club we have which is a traditional swingers club but we have a small section there that is dedicated to a dungeon room so this particular sub and i would meet up there and uh we we would act out several scenes he would be bound gag he would act as typically a pet or a pony for me i would put him in an all fours position and i would rest my feet on his back or his ass as a end table i would sit on his back have a drink talk converse with other people pet him he would uh literally be a stool or a chair for me to sit on and be in that position uh, in the dungeon room uh, we would interact with several pieces of furniture there um at st andrew's cross to catherine's will we had the uh, medical chair that was there and in certain parts that i would just install myself in or as a sub i would have him install me into those 
and then I would have other people in the club to come up and play and interact with me. So as my sub, he was also there as my protector. His job was to do whatever it is I needed to do. If I had trouble getting into one of my corsets, his job was to lace me up and therefore take me out of the corset. So uh, at the end of our playtime there, we were also then convened to one of the um, bathroom areas, which had a full shower and tub. And there is where we would end our time there and I would give him a golden shower, which is he would at that point initiate masturbating to the point of ejaculating. When we would take it off premises, since he requested scat play, I was not comfortable with doing it. I would then simulate fecal matter with uh, like uh, uh, pudding and I would throw in like chocolate pudding. I would throw in like... um, crushed cereal or oatmeal or something to that effect to give it the texture of what I thought shit would feel like and I would smear it on him on his face on his hands on his ass in his mouth just wherever it is he felt comfortable and again the purpose of him to complete his own ejaculation and through masturbation and that would give him that sensation. So again, several things to be the lifestyle through kink and fetish happens. You have got to make sure you're with a partner that's going to help you explore responsibly, non-judgmentally, and take each other's well-being into account. Um, <clears throat> one of the last things that um, I wanted to make sure that I was able to touch on, and I think most people can be... Um, more cognizant of what the actual definitions are so when it comes to the s in bdsm it can go in a number of ways you have a submissive you have a slave and you also have a person um who can be the switch so a switch would be someone like me who can be the dominant one and I can be the submissive one as well okay I have no problem with switching so I prefer to have a partner who is also a switch and we can take the role but you need the balance at all times someone has to be the dominant someone has to be the submissive a submissive or a sub for short it's a person that gives up control and you're the recipient at all times through a specified period an hour 30 minutes of what have you and you're going to be the person who's receiving whatever it is that your dominant or your master is giving to you a slave is a person who is usually the submissive and you and this person are kind of engaging more in the status and masochist role of bdsm where you actually have a master or mistress for the purpose of inflicting um the pain aspect and I can do a very gentle paddle or flogging or whip and then you have those who want to take it different levels and you're going to inflict with a cane a paddle a whip something painful the strikes are more aggressive they're more painful they're more hurtful you're actually uh bringing welts and hits and and blood to the actual surface which is another part of the more kinkier lifestyle which would be blood play so you have different levels comfort levels and different boundaries that you have to establish between yourself and your potential partner so these are just some of the terms i wanted to throw out there for you guys to eliminate any type of false impressions again people live 
operate so much based in fear, so much based on just age-old stereotypes and ignorance that they hear about something, don't do the due diligence on their homework or the research and educate themselves on what it's actually about, let alone actually participate in it. So as always, I want to make sure that the platform for indecent exposure is eliminating all of those ignorances, all of those stereotypes, and giving people a real, true idea of what it's like to explore this duality of your humanity and your sexuality. Because there's no way that we're all a bunch of human beings running around and we all got here through some type of sexual activity because we're not test tube babies we weren't growing in a lab a stork didn't drop us off on the doorstep somebody's dick went inside somebody's pussy and however many weeks or months later it took for our asses to bake in the oven and out we came so i want us to be able to explore the healthier part of sexuality because it is a part of what makes us human our sexual needs are just as important as your medical needs, as your uh, health care needs, as your uh, nutritional needs, as your financial needs, as your emotional needs, your spiritual needs. Your sexual needs are what make you human. You need to be able to explore them as responsibly and openly and in a healthy way as you can and remove all the toxic, predatory, negative, aggressive connotations that people have about sexual experiences or proclivities or stimuluses or whatever and just learn to do things in the best way possible and I'm hoping that I'm able to remove a lot of the veil and secrecies and things that are done in the dark which don't really help anything you've got to be open and honest about who you are where you are in your life and express those things truthfully with the partner they can either accept them or not accept them which is a great thing about the swinging community people are open about where they are in their sexual lifestyles and are accepting of what their partner's needs are i may not be able to have given a partner scat play but i compromised and i gave him simulated scat play he went on to find other partners that actually engaged with him in actual scat play and that's how he introduced himself to me he had a dom at one point non-professional dom and his job was to wait until after she took a shit and his job was to take his mouth and tongue and clean her ass and that is what he chose to do upon her directive no judgment no looking down no talking shit about someone i had to create a platform where he was open enough to bring that information to me and i had to receive it and hear it and respond to him without judgment and that is what open communication is all about guys okay with that being said a few other things that um variations that you will find in this bdsm community i'll throw a few things out here you have uh, domestic servitude, which is going to be consensual slavery, and typically you and this person are involved in some type of a slavery relationship, and they are your slave. They do everything for you, and you do it willfully and without question. There uh, is enforced chastity, where, again, as I spoke with um, beautiful uh, items and gifts and, and, and things you can buy on extremerestraint.com, you can find different chastity devices. Um, that is going to require a sub to wear those and you have the, they literally come with a lock and a key. 
um there is verbal humiliation again with my sub um the military guy and the one sub that I had on phone where he would uh, I was his on-call dumb and he would have to call in to ask permission if I was available and then we would engage in verbal humiliation uh typically if he's on the other end of the phone for the purpose of him coming to um masturbation or ejaculation um and people have done that for years under the old umbrella of phone sex okay um people involve themselves in cross-dressing they involve themselves in other areas of feminization they want to wear feminine clothes or um one gentleman liked for me to put my underwear on his head and he liked to breathe through lacy type of underwear uh specifically after i've had an orgasm so he liked the idea of smelling the the body fluids once i i came and orgasmed um there's cuckold very popular tradition in the bdsm community where a woman is the dominant one and the husband is a submissive maybe the husband is not as sexually uh, of a prowess to the wife as she would like he's a great husband in other areas but he doesn't really step up to her standards on how she likes to be fucked or sucked or whatever so the cuckold could be a person that watches his wife get fucked by other guys the cuckold could be someone that eats pussy of other women or sucks the dick of other men on his wife's command and he has to do so for her gratification you remove all self boundaries with regards to what your mistress is calling for and that would be the cuckold position particularly it is the man in the submissive position and the woman in the dominant position um bondage in several type ways i personally own a collar and chain i own several restraint apparatuses there is a full spread eagle apparatus i have that goes it's an under the bed restraint and it spread eagles to arms and the legs i have a thigh and wrist restraint that keeps the wrist bound to the outer side of the thighs um, and i have a spreader bar there are several tight ways you can engage in bondage chains whips ropes things of that nature again you and your partner are going to have this conversation on what you want to involve yourself in so again do yourself the favor and do your proper homework and engage yourself in a proper etiquette when it comes to lifestyle choices and roles that you play in and certain variations when it comes to bdsm to find certain clubs in your area again go to your favorite swinger website swingerlifestyle.com sdc.com go and check out swinger clubs and see if the swinger clubs themselves offer a bondage night or a dom night if not then you can also further go to a website that i did find um that has a list of america's most famous bdsm club this website is fetishengine.com and has a great article there america's most famous bdsm club so google american bdsm clubs bdsm clubs in the u.s and you'll come up with that you're going to want to go to a place again that is regulated highly recommended safe and a legal place to be in so you don't find yourself in an unregulated unprotected unsafe space 
lifestylers understand that it's all about permission which is granted and given or not you this is not an environment where you force anyone you're raping someone you're coercing someone you're telling someone you're going to a regular dance club and you end up at a swingers club an unwitting person is not going to respond favorably to that so again you've got to put yourself in a position where you are confident enough to remove all of that age old secrets and lies and shit about what sex is and speak openly and confidently about the things you want and the things you're curious about and to me that's what I want to be able to use this platform to do with that being said one last shout out to the women on this particular podcast that are really and truly wanting to up your game and walk through this world as that real confident bad bad bitch Okay, me exploring the feminine feminine domination side of my lifestyle has just really taken my confidence level to 10 and beyond. There is femdoming.com. It is an online magazine dedicated to the femdom lifestyle. We have links there for erotic fiction, what you want to read about, and fantasies you want to explore. There is a femdom dating site. There is shopping for several toys, items apparel what have you and then of course there is the femdom video site check the site out go through it find things that are interesting to you and go out and explore and have fun guys okay medusa here wants to make sure that i am doing my job on exploring the things that are a little kinkier a little badder a little darker a little harsher a little more aggressive with you guys that is the duality of my particular personality the next episode will be headed and hosted by mama bear mama bear explores the more sensual softer side of the sex life and brings you several other anecdotes and experiences and fun stories on what i've experienced there as well so being a feminine dominant you have those that do this professionally where you would go to a professional dungeon where you have a contract, you're a member, and you're paying for the dominant services. Those services do not include sexual intercourse of any kind. You will receive sexual gratification or a heightened sense of your sensibilities, but you are not paying for sex. You leave that to the role of those in the sex worker profession as prostitutes and go to your local bunny ranch or brothel and engage in that as well professional doms will be those that are going to be fire masters hog tie masters uh whip and chain masters cbt masters they're going to engage in a lot of other things in which you as the submissive or the slave are going to request and they will deliver those services to you upon request i myself am not a pro dom i'm exploring the world of domination as a female for maybe to the purpose of moving into the world of a pro-dom but right now i enjoy the educational the awareness and the exploratory aspects of what potential subs um request of me and i do that as uh permitted or as needed with that being said guys 
I hope you have received as much info and, and, and taken away from this particular episode as you do with any other episodes on indecent exposure. With that being said, I've made myself a little horny and hot. I think I'm going to go pull out a fucking vibrator and I'm going to go to work on my goddamn clip this afternoon and make myself happy. That's it. That's all for now. Signing off. Join me again on Twitter at I am underscore Mama Bear. Leave a message, a comment, a compliment, what have you. Or take advantage of the voicemail link option that is now open here on anchor.fm. Leave me a question, comment, compliment, and let your girl know what you think about this episode, previous episodes, or what you want to hear or talk about in the future. The live listener support function is also available. Please feel free to donate as much as you can or not to the cause as I am now entering into the phase of developing lifestyle cultures, uh, gifts, um, t-shirts, things that are going to be just regular merchandise available for uh, uh, gifts and donations and also items that are gonna come into play to be 420 friendly for those of my listeners that are also uh cannabis partakers i'm in an area of the country right now where it is really explosive and i have no qualms about merging my sexual proclivities with my 420 proclivities and boom i guarantee to you smoking a blunt eating an edible having a, 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 a cocktail of, of, of some tea or weed infused something is by far going to be the next oyster when it comes to what it takes to get y'all's asses in the mood to get out there and have some fun, sexy, hopping, good times with your partner. I'm signing off, guys. Thank you so much for listening and keeping me in your thoughts. Till next time on Indecent Exposure. I will holler at you motherfuckers later on from the underground. This is Mama Bear signing off. Take care.